Welcome to Sands Up, the podcast about drinking beer, playing video games. And Ben, I'm John Malix. Yay. No idol this week. He's off living life. What is he doing? Stuff. Work. Living life. Some kind of work. Some kind of research proposal-esque type work. Doing some bullshit. He is. He is. Um, We're going to chat about games we've been playing, all while drinking some excellent, excellent beers. We've got some random beers. You bought some random beers for us. I did. I've gone for a very black theme. All of the bottles in the one can. Just That's true, actually. Black. I don't know why I've gone for that. You've thing. gone to the dark side. I have, quite possibly. I got some beers at work the other day. Mm. I spent some of the, like, every week, well, every day, we sell the used grain off to farmers. Yeah. So they pay for it in cash. And that cash just gets used on stuff. Mm-hmm. I persuaded the head brewer that we should buy a crate of uh, beers that I would select. And uh, one of the ones I got was um, by, uh, fuck, I can't remember now who it was, but... Oh. A brewery, but the name of the stout was something something dark side. Oh, nice, which, yeah, nice. <laughs> really great little nod to uh, family. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Is that um, there's a I think there's a more beer, which is um, I'm not sure whether they were making it with Star Wars in mind, um, but it's called Return of the Empire, which I thought was nice. quite good. Well, it must have been together, Star yeah. Wars. just randomly. It's like, what, what a great name. <laughs> Right, so let's crack one of these open. We have an Arbor Boomtown Brown, which is an American brown rye. Nice. Yeah. Um, a Beavertown Appalachian, which is a Bramley Apple Saison. Interesting. Mm. Could be horrible. Could be lovely. Yes. Could be either. And then an Oakley 10 Oxymoron, which I think is a black IPA. It's a black IPA. Yes. So what should we start with? I guess we have to start with a Saison. Yeah. Logic logic would dictate it would. that we should start with the Saison. Although at work, the, they line up the beers according to ABV. Oh, really? What we're doing now. Okay. Is that because generally larger ABV are more bitter? So you get... <sighs> no, I don't know whether it's not more bitter, but it's stronger. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me why you do that. You'd want the one that... It has the strongest taste first, yeah, uh, last, last, yeah, and yeah. build up to it so you don't ruin your. Pie. Well, this one doesn't always chat. The other two, the um, the Arbor is a five point three percent. The Oatley is five point five percent. The Beavertown is eight point seven. Let's fuck what they do at work. <laughs> fuck what the professional brewer says to do. So do the other way, eight point seven. Yeah, nice, nice. I already like this beer. It's mm. going to be a good beer, hopefully. Hello, is it even a beer or is it? Well, is it really a cider? Ooh, That's I don't know. It's a, it's a good I question. Mean, it's got apple in it. Does it have hops and barley and whatever else in it? I would guess so. I'm getting a... I haven't even held it to my nose, but I'm getting an apple Yeah, you can scent. already smell that. Mm, okay, actually it doesn't smell like apple at all. <laughs> it does smell a little bit. It does, from the can... It smells, it smells like quite cidery. I reckon it's more saison than cider. Let's stick my nose in a glass and have a look. This is this is what people tune in yeah. to listen to us smell things. <laughs> How lovely it is! It smells quite nice. It smells. It's a it's very light nice. colour. It's, it's quite amber. Right. It's very cloudy. 
Mmm. Mmm. How's it taste? Ooh, that's um, that's an interesting taste. Yeah, that is a difficult to describe. Bad. Wow. For, bad for the airwaves taste. That is because I have no idea what to say about that. That's uh, hmm. It's got like a sourness. It's sort of crept round to the edge of my mouth right at the end of the taste. Did you get that kind of like yeah, spread? Yeah, the... but it's got a, a, a little sweetness as well to it. Hmm. That's weird. It's nice though. I'm not sure. Even after one sip, I can say that I could probably only drink one of these. <laughs> one sip of these. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. That's all yeah. I need. Um, it's interesting. It's a Saison, definitely. Mm. Getting Saison off it. <laughs> uh, I can't really... I, hand on heart, can't say I'm getting much apple out of that. No, no. It's Bramley apple. It, it says Bramley apple saison. It does. Yeah. Is that a soury kind of sharp apple? I don't know, but it has got that sharpness. But by the way, a little bit soundness. If it's the sound of a door opening and in a female voice, that's probably Kim coming back in from wherever the hell she is yeah. right now. She's out partying with some friends, so she may appear halfway through recording. Yeah, we may but edit it out. Right. We might not. Yeah, we probably won't. It's down to me to edit it out. It's out of the <laughs> it takes, probably not. Takes work. Yeah. So, um, I suppose first announcement of the podcast. Oh yeah, we are now now part of the Out of Lives Network. Um, out of Lives started as a community podcast and various different blogs um, from another um, large media outlets podcast. Sort of came from the Facebook community group, I believe. Uh, and now Out of Lives have got various different podcasts. They've got one um, dedicated to PlayStation, got one dedicated to wrestling. If you want to listen to podcasts about wrestling, mm-hmm. maybe. Why would you? Uh, well, if you want to listen to people talk about... Is it... Listening to people wrestling. I don't know. I don't think they listen to people wrestling. Half of it's just going... (laughs) (laughs) Slightly better than listening to us slapping. (laughs) But yeah, exactly. People listen to us smelling beer, so they may listen to men (laughs) groaning in pants. That's true. Either of them might be acceptable. Um, So yeah, we are now part of a larger community of podcasts. And that means what? We get paid more for doing this. Uh, yep, we get paid exactly zero percent more to go on top of the zero. Also the same as a hundred percent more, exactly. <laughs> so we got a hundred percent pay increase. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's so to smell too. Definitely, it is. So, if you want another podcast to listen to, go and listen to Out Lives. They chat about games and movies and wrestling and some such. Or if you just want to hear us ramble and listen to us for more, mm-hmm. yay! What podcasts do you listen to, Alan? Um. I listen to a few podcasts um, because I'm in an office all day mm. and doing CAD drawings. I get to listen to quite a lot. Um, what do I listen to? I listen to quite a few gaming podcasts. Um, there's one called Video Gamer. Uh, they call VideoGamer.com. I think um, is the website. But they're a bunch of journalists who chat about computer games. Um, are they the ones that gave up their jobs and now just podcast? No, right? that's um, kind of funny. That's American. Mm. Video video gamer uh, English or British, I suppose. Um, and they're um, similar to us in that they just don't give a fuck, really. Um, <laughs> and their their humour is... We give is a fuck. Good. We're completely professional. Yes, it's, it's very... <laughs> very. Try we put so much thought into the research. <laughs> <laughs> 
through all those topics that we thought about. <laughs> yeah, right. just, yeah, yeah. So many topics. Mm. Um, I listened to, uh, or I, I did listen to Serial. Uh, yeah, I listened to Serial. Yeah, they've just uh, started a new season as well. Yeah, that's very good. Um, lots of gaming podcasts. Idle Thumbs, they're quite good as well. That's an American one. It's a good name. It is very good name. They've got their own little podcast network as well, where they've got several different podcasts, um, like Three Moves Ahead, which is like a strategy game podcast, which just chat about strategy games. That's quite interesting. Um, it just chat about strategy games. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool. absurd, like the ridiculous knowledge that some of these people have <laughs> just about strategy games. <laughs> Fucking hell. But then, um, like Three Moves Ahead constantly have developers on as well to right, discuss yeah. other strategy games not just sort of their own so what you're saying is they actually know what they're talking about exactly yeah. exactly. so I listen to podcasts where people know what they're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah how about you you listen to quite a lot of podcasts as well don't you? yeah I listen to uh, I listen to some beer podcasts mm. I think it's called School of Beer Beer School I should know what it's called really yeah I'm pretty sure it's called School of Beer um um Bruce Smith mm-hmm. um, is, is, is also software for making beer and they have a podcast, so that's good. Um, Do they chat about making beer? Yeah, and yeah. they have people on who are brewers mm-hmm. and it's like one of the big, like, uh, I suppose, home brewing podcasts, mm-hmm. but it has like actual brewers in there. So it's got, mm-hmm. it's, that's really good for like getting tips and stuff. Um, obviously I listen to entertainment things as well like serial uh, yeah I recently got into this thing called the black tapes um which is some random like uh completely different type of podcast i normally listen to like a paranormal um investigations kind of docudrama it sounds shit yeah. i tried to describe it to sam the other day and she was just like it sounds <laughs> fucking rubbish <laughs> but it's actually shit. quite good it's actually quite good yeah um, I like things where it like distracts me from the TV they, work. Basically. So with that one, are they scripted episodes or is it real life? Yeah, uh, it's events? scripted, but it's trying hard to make you think that it's not scripted. Okay. And it would persuade you that it wasn't scripted, uh, apart from the fact that the acting isn't good enough. To right. <laughs> I mean, like they they went to the effort of like trying to set the thing up as if they wanted it to be one thing, but then events led them down a different route mm. um, to make it seem realistic. But it's kind of like the fact that from the very first scene, I realised that people were obviously acting and reading out lines. Yeah. That kind of dispelled the illusion. It's a bit like listening to a, a play on the radio or something rather than... But it was good. Um, and I listened to another one that I found from that one called Tannis, which is also good, but complicated to explain. And um, if you like weird, intriguing kind of mystery things, but like X-Files, right? if yeah. like X-Files or Lost or something like that, mm-hmm. probably like this. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, and I listen to a load of like, I listen to a load of philosophy ones as well, and other weird like atheism ones. I like those types of. You you were on another podcast. I was recently. on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, talking philosophy with some people the other day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because uh, I have um, I am philosophy background. I suppose, and I'm not primarily professionally a gamer and beer drinker. <laughs> So like mostly what I'm doing in my in my head in my spare time is talking philosophy. So yeah, I went on a uh, I went on a, a Christian um, uh, I suppose uh, this program's called the Bible Thumping Wingnut. Yeah, and they are um, hardcore evangelical um, Christians 
uh, and I went on to explain how the the big cheese, the big honcho on that podcast was. Um, had spent the last ten years or so spouting an argument, which uh, I was able to show if you if you spelled it out formally uh, in logic, it, it resulted in uh, him simply asserting something and then concluding the same thing that he'd asserted. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> in logic, what that means is the argument was trivial. Strictly speaking, it means yeah. it's trivial. I explained it to him for two hours. Did he not get you at the end? He's, I think he maybe understood it, but didn't really want to understand it yeah. because it was. It basically meant, yeah, he spent like ten years saying something which was technically trivial, <laughs> strictly speaking, <laughs> in a mathematical sense of the word trivial. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. That was funny. Yeah, nice. I got a lot of attention off uh, YouTube, sort of internet atheist people who really appreciated the fact that I'd said to this dude, who's mm. quite patronising, that he was uh, he was wrong. He was wrong. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> nice, that's quality. Excellent. So, yeah. Um, what have you been playing? More, um, more importantly. More importantly. Don't listen to me talk about that. Um, I've been playing primarily two different games. Um, both of them are open world games, but in very different ways. And both of them begin with W. Coincidentally. Yeah, um, you didn't choose them on that no, no. I feel like playing a W um, game. Uh, the first one was Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. Which is an open world uh, Ubisoft game. It's made on the Assassin's Creed engine, so it's a third person over the sort of back of the head sort of view yeah. game, similar to something like GTA or yeah, Assassin's Creed. Um, and it's set in a maybe fifty years or so in the future. I wasn't really paying attention if it ever brought a year up. Um, but the idea of the game is that you can control electronics and um, hack into loads of different systems. And you're in um, Chicago, and the whole city is linked up to one computer system. So you can be driving around in your car, having to go to Mission X to do something, and you can change traffic lights. So all of the lights will show as green, or set off steam vents that will explode in the middle of the street. And you can do lots of, you can hack into lots of different systems. Um, to be able to make distractions or stop people from chasing you and things. And it's it's a pretty standard open world game, you know, similar to something like GTA. You're doing various missions, you're going around, you're shooting people. You can, there's a lot of cover-based shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sort of do things stealthily and try and take people down. Um, you've got like a, um, like a retractable baton that you can beat the shit out of people with um, and that's sort of the, the way I try to play I try to play quite stealthily distract guards because if they've got a phone on them you can uh, you hold down square and it will distract them and they'll get a random text message come through so they'll pull their phone out and start looking at their message you can sneak up behind them and hit them around the back of the head um, but it's got the Ubisoft feel to it mm. uh, and like every Assassin's Creed game has go to the tower Mm. climb up the tower have a look at things and you then unlock that area and all of the little extra missions that you can do in that area and Watch Dogs is the same mm. you basically go to a uh, satellite mast and you hack into it and suddenly you can see everything within that area um, the missions are very samey drive here lose these people on the way shoot these people get Sounds into like this building not, this game. Huh, not massively 
So was, you want to say that you like it, but you actually don't like it. Well, for a bit of mindless gaming time, it was fine. The story mm. was a bit shit. You sort of, I skipped a lot of the scenes, to be fair. Didn't really pay attention to what was actually going on. Um, I, I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to get good. The whole idea of moving around a city, being able to hack into systems, sounds like it should be great. Sounds like it should be a really good game mechanic. But it just lacked something. You never really mm. felt like you were actually doing very much. You know, Is like it driving... just hold down square and yeah, then Exactly that, exactly that. You're driving down the road and suddenly above the, the traffic lights, like the square icon will sit and you can if you press square at that moment the traffic lights will change mm. or a bridge will See, that, open and that's not really interactivity it no it's not it's, just it's like, not um force well not forcing but like uh prompt overly prompting mm-hmm. what you can do yeah just means that you're just pressing a button completely um they did have a few hacking-esque type things where you went to a different screen if you're trying to infiltrate a system or use some security cameras or something like that um to look into a building where it basically almost like a very simple maze game where you had to get the energy from one square where it's being generated to another square at the top. And you had to rotate various connections so it would allow the line of yeah. the energy to move to the end. Um, some of those towards the end of the game got mm, not hard, but you you had more pressure on you because some of the icons that you or some of the connections that you moved around were timed so you had to do it within a certain amount of time things like that. and it's just a bit the whole way through the game has just been yeah. all right so name a good ubisoft game um assassin's creed 2 i really liked all right let's bracket assassin's creed then um, yeah um <laughs> child of light which was a um don't know that well, it was made, I think it's um, on their Ubi Art engine, mm-hmm. and it was made by a much smaller team, and it's almost their internal, like, indie studio. Right. right. So it's a much smaller team making a much smaller game. Um, and, and Valiant Hearts as well, which was a game about World War One, where you were various different characters. Oh, yeah, I seem to remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think I discussed that on the podcast before, and that was a good game. Again, made by a very small team. Yeah, yeah, Ubisoft. yeah. I think I played that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I think the smaller games that they're making are better than the larger, mm. big-budget sort of Assassin's Creed or um, whatever the driving one was, which wasn't very good. The crew, which wasn't fantastic. Also, you had to... You're, a car, you're driving in a car, and you still got to go to a radio mast... <laughs> To open up things around you. Um, was Street Fighter a Ubisoft game? No, Street Fighter's Capcom. Oh, Capcom, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. yeah. What am I thinking of then? It's like the big Ubisoft game from back in the day. Um, Prince of Persia. That was a Ubisoft maybe, game. Yeah, maybe. Which were very good, actually. They were. Um, yeah. The Decent PlayStation platform 2 game, platforming yeah. games. Uh, Sands of Time, Warrior Within, and a third one. Um, which got more absurd the, the way through. The Sounds of Time, the first one, was a very good game. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, Watch Dogs, it, it's, it's all right. If you've got nothing else to play, you can probably <laughs> go and pick it up for five quid. Um, yeah. But I, I, mean, I, I was lucky lent it from a friend and said, oh, I'm done with this. Do you want to, like, I'm not going to, there's no point in me trading it in. I'm going to get a quid for it. Like, do, do you want it? Like, quality, yeah. I played through. Thought, well, yeah. 
But if if the best you can say about a game is it's like it's all right if you've got nothing else to play. Yeah. It's like you know if, if I said to you you know do you want this pizza and you said it's is it nice and I said well, it's all right if you've got nothing else to eat. <laughs> you'd be like, it's, yeah. like, it sounds like it's probably quite a horrible pizza. It should be yeah. good. Yeah, it should be true. like a sweet mm, pizza, mm. nice. I want. I don't know. I'm a bit like that with these days. I, I feel like I've watched too many programs, TV programs, like, um, like Breaking Bad or yeah. The Wire or, um, uh, House of Cards. I thought that yeah. was rated House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about rated. Certain things anyway these days where like, I kind of every now and again you watch something that's really good. Yeah. And you think, sweet, this is amazing, I'm really enjoying it. But then actually it ends, and then it ruins the rest of TV, because it's like, you're just sort of channel hopping through, just thinking, ah, oh, this is shit, this is shit, I just want something really fucking good again. Mm. It's, I, I, essentially, my TV experience now is like, the person who did heroin, and then it's like, really smoking a joint, I, that's not enough, like, I don't want to just get stoned <laughs> anymore. Now I, I don't want to be, be high fully, for half an hour. I yeah, I want to be yeah, yeah, fucked yeah. out of my face now because nothing else is good enough. <laughs> I kind of feel like that with games sometimes. I'm a bit like, I've seen this before, I've done this. I, want, I really want it to be like pushing my boundaries of like really like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? so, mm-hmm. And sometimes I just feel with certain things that you know, I, yeah, I've, I've seen that, I've done that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly almost how I felt with Watch Dogs. Yeah. It, it wasn't um, it wasn't Assassin's Creed okay very different kind of game because it's well is it a different kind of game you're still doing missions you're still going to places you're running across the city whether you're driving through it or you're running across the buildings you're still just going to kill somebody and I think mm. that's maybe why those games start to fall a little bit flat with the newest iterations of them because it's the same thing over and over again mm. um, or it wasn't Grand Theft Auto V which yeah, had exactly. tighter shooting, it had a better story. The fact that you could switch between three different characters and, and explore a, a massive area, mm. which had lots of different individual places in, which had different environments, they all had different tones, and, and it, yeah, it wasn't either of those games. So, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for something really brand new that's going to punch out of the mould. Yeah. Change change things up a little bit. Different, like I don't want to see games like um, the game we just recorded the video for, which was um, yeah, uh, Hell Divers. Hell Divers, yeah. yeah, seemed very formulaic to me, very uninspired. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I just kind of think like it must have taken ages to put all of that together. Mm. If I was going to spend that long doing it, I don't know. I'd kind of want to push the boundaries back a bit, make it more of a be more creative and different or yeah just, yeah i suppose you know. we we only played um the first couple of levels yeah we did but often you can you can judge a book not necessarily by its covers but but, but certainly by the first, the first three or four pages. Yeah. <laughs> often by the first page mm. people are like this is shit <laughs> i mean yeah tv program is slightly different because the pilot is often uh the shit it's it's like under budget yeah, and completely. Low, low. Yeah. but the second episode you can judge a tv program by and if the second episode of a TV program is shit, it's going to be shit. Yeah, um, we Kim and I recently watched um, Man in the High Castle, I don't know that. which was an Amazon Prime uh, produced program, and it's based on a is it based on a Philip K. Dick novel? Um, where it's I think it's the fifties, 
but actually the Nazis and um, the Japanese won World War Two, hmm. and they invaded America and split America almost uh, between them. So the Japanese have sort of the Pacific states, such as the one side of the uh, Rocky Mountains. Um, there's a neutral zone within sort of the, the Midwest, I suppose, of, of America, and the rest of it's all under sort of German occupation. Um, and within the first episode, they find a film which shows um, news footage of the Allied forces winning the Second World War. So suddenly all of these native, I say Native Americans, not Native Americans, but people who lived in America just called Americans yeah. um, <laughs> are suddenly thinking oh you know what are we what are we going to do with this and I think we watched about five episodes that's a good premise for a film it's like great it's fucking, I, I thought as soon as I'd heard about it I'm like yes I want to watch this it sounds mm. really good man it was so poor mm. the acting is fucking awful <laughs> and it's just it's not the dialogue's not very good mm. the settings like the, the scenes themselves the way that they're filmed and set up and such didn't seem very good some of the characters were, were good and, and acted quite well but some of the other ones just so yeah we watched five episodes and I'm just not going to bother five episodes is still quite a lot it is it really it, but then to it's, give that, it a it's that yeah I did because of the setting because it's sort of I almost feel the same with Helldivers like, I quite like the idea of the game so it's one of those that I might then play another half an hour of, or a few more... Five hours of. Maybe not five hours <laughs> of, though. Um, but I suppose it's different with the TV programme, isn't it? Because you sort of want to see an episode through to the end to, under- mm. to, to, to progress the story, I suppose, to know whether it's going to come to a good conclusion or not within that episode, um, to see how well the writing actually works out. Well, we started watching a programme uh, that Sam found... I can't, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was some some kind of documentary series that mm. had one series, five or six episodes or something. We put it on. I fell asleep at half eight last night. I, I went to bed at nine o'clock. I fell asleep on the sofa at half eight. Yeah. And I woke up with the credits kicking in and Sam putting the next episode on. And I was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Clearly didn't hold you at all. Well, it or was just so I don't know, tired. I can't yeah. even remember. Yeah, I was just yeah, really fucking yeah. tired. Uh, difficult couple of days working. I think we should drink another beer. Yes, we should. Uh, so I guess it's the brown ale. Boomtown Brown. Boomtown is a some kind of festival. Uh, mu- uh, yeah, music festival, I believe, yes. Yes. I've never been. <laughs> Me neither. Too well, old for... I know people who have. Young people's game, that is. It, music. Yeah, it does appear it's to be young people's Socialising. We just like to sit in caves, inside, watch things, play here. things, drink things. Talk to people that I never see on the internet. <laughs> I <wanted> yeah. to... <laughs> Spend your time discussing Christianity with people. Yeah, or smelling beers. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, this is very dark. I guess it's not been brought up before, but me and Adil both have a philosophy background. Mm. Which is how we know each other, in fact. And uh, that's why... Uh, I randomly talk to people on the internet about why they're wrong about Christianity because <laughs> I know better than them. And also, I believe why Adam isn't here during the episode because he has some uh, PhD stuff to do. I PhD, yeah, that's true. It's catching up with me. Yes, yes. I feel like I've got more beer than you in this, but whatever. Um, I'll I'll drink I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. Fuck it. Yeah. It's right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Second beer of the evening. Cheers. Right. Boomtown Brown.
It smells sweet, very it sweet. Does. Quite a lot of hops. Uh, kind, yeah, kind of, I suppose. Uh, how, to, how to describe that smell? I don't know. Sweet? It smells, <laughs> it smells sweet, is all I can say. It's a nice taste. Yeah, not too sweet in the, in the taste at all. It's not massively bitter. No, it's not bitter. Lasting sort of. <laughs> I was going to use the word brown to describe uh, to describe the brownness. A brown taste. It both looks and tastes the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice. It's an enjoyable yeah. sort of sort of beer. I guess it tastes like beer. Brown beer. It does. What's the um? What's the rye? Rye is a type of malt. So it's just used instead of. So they'll yeah, swap out some of the barley mm. and replace it for some some rye. Gives it the, um, the colour, okay. kind of kind of reddy sort of colour. Yeah, we're getting from it. It's again, it's it's opaque and it's sort of brown, like I don't know, muddy, even darker than mm. muddy brown. A little bit of sediment on the bottom. Yeah, um, rye is like. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it kind of gives body as well. It kind of gives, um, I think it does impart a sweetness, actually. It won't maybe give the sweetness in the nose, but it'll give a sweetness in the taste. Um, Is it one of the hops that would give the sweetness in the nose? No, 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 but that's what gives the sweetness in the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. More or less, all the nose will be a hops thing, I think, more or less. Um... Yeah, I don't know what to say about this. It's it's okay. It's yeah, quite nice. Yeah. I don't mind it. It's pleasant. It's pleasant. Yeah. It's quite easy to drink. Mm. Yeah, I guess okay, so in in the taste there is there is an, an initial taste of like you can tell it's quite a hoppy brown yeah. ale. Yeah. It's not like a traditional brown ale. It's um it's one of these now like uh, with like new breweries they always have to like switch up the style they don't nobody just does like a standard like a nuki brown yeah because there already is nuki brown there's no Mm -hmm. need to do it so they always feel like they need to make a new thing on it but kind of the paradox is that like by trying to make a new thing it's kind of like everyone's trying to make a new thing so the new thing is the same thing it's like the standard thing yeah yeah actually i've had quite a few hoppy brown ales I thought the other day, well, the other day, six months ago, I made a hoppy brown ale. I was like, yeah, India brown ale, that's going to be the new thing, whatever. Let's fuck loads of those about. Yeah. It's not that difficult to think, well, what can I do? I really like hoppy beers. Made a hoppy pale ale, it's called an IPA. Um, I'll mix up the malt a bit, like, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, obviously this style was, was always going to be the next thing. Coming yeah. It's nice, I like it. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's a bit boring when you just drink hoppy pale ales and IPAs because there's only one dimension that you can vary, which mm. is which type of hoppy you're putting in. Um, and then sometimes we've had them where it's like they've obviously ch- used a different yeast or something because mm-hmm. normally the yeast is like one they'll choose a really neutral one and the standard one is a USO5. doesn't really give any... Well, what it gives is like really clean and neutral and whatever. It's like stands in the background, which is why everybody uses it. Now, and it 
it ferments kind of quickly and okay. reliably. So it's it's got some good qualities to it. But um, and we've tasted somewhere they've obviously used different ones, and we didn't really like it that much. Mm -hmm. And so you think, well, no need to vary along that dimension yeah. too much. But so if you've really only got one dimension, you can vary along. There's only like four ingredients in beer. So if you if you hops is the only thing you can vary, and yeast doesn't really work when you vary it that well. Mm. Water, it's just water, isn't it? Yeah. You can change the pH a little bit, but it's not <laughs> going to do much. Um, so yeah, it's bound to be this happening sooner or later. Um, I, I, I like it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I like it. It's quite nice. I think it's one of those, if I saw it out, and I'd had a few beers already, yeah, um, and I didn't want the... You know, a couple of the more really hit you in the face sort of hoppy beers. I want something a little bit lighter. Yeah, I guess I would certainly recommend it to somebody else mm. and say, oh, you don't, you know, maybe they don't necessarily like really hoppy beer or something, yeah. but they want like, you know, just like a step up into this type of beer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Arbor are good. This hasn't let me down. I'm not mm. slagging it off. Yeah, I don't think I've had a, a, an Arbor beer that I wouldn't have again. Mm. They do seem to be very <clears throat> consistent in, in yeah, making nice beers. They're a good brewery, mm. definitely. They know what they're doing. They do. So, shall I discuss the second W game? Yes. Um, uh, and I said it was. it is an open world game, but in a very different way to Watch Dogs. I just had this idea for an amazing W open world game. It's just called W and you're George W. Bush. <laughs> it's an open world game and it's the world. You're just you walking around in the Middle East. pointing at people. <laughs> you, I'm give me your shoes. The global balance. <laughs> no, sorry, it's not that game. That's another game. It's a future game. I haven't been playing game. that game. <laughs> I, think it'd be, I think that would have been what I'd have opened with had I been playing <laughs> yeah, that game. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, but the other game is The Witness, uh -huh. which came out... Uh, last week, maybe the week before, and it's a puzzle game, but set in an open world. So all you have to do in this game is solve puzzles, and the puzzles. Solve puzzles. So the puzzles come in. Um, the, uh, there's one puzzle, right? but lots of different mechanics that that go along with this puzzle, um, and you have a grid. Um, on almost like a, a TV screen. So it's an open world, so you're moving around the world, and you can go up to these screens, and you'll see a grid on that. And you have to draw a line along this grid and get to the destination. But there's various things within the, um, within the grid that will make you fail the puzzle if you don't adhere to the rules that those symbols within the grid show. So one of the early puzzles... Um, within the grid you have a black dot and a white dot and you very quickly work out that you have to draw a line between black dots and white dots so they cannot be in the same segment of the puzzle um, I'm not really explaining it very well no, not really. I have no fucking idea what's going on in this game right now so I should show you my notebook I yeah, but started if you have to drawing me. puzzles. No, 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 don't show it to me because oh, no. it's a podcast, dude. We can't see it. Oh, no. Um, it's like a chessboard, right? There's a grid. Almost, yeah, yeah but it, it, within varying, uh, varying sizes. What's within varying sizes? So the grid is uh, the squares are within varying sizes. Right. So you've got um, lots of lines going um, up, down, and, and left, and right. 
yeah. to be able to move along. Um, I think some of them, the, the smallest ones, are maybe um, nine squares. So is this like a um, map, like in Mario, where you've got your like levels or whatever? No, in a level. And, no, yeah. no, no. So it's a complete open world. You're just walking around an island. So you're and in an open world, but you can occasionally look at the same. Every screen shows you the same grid. So there, so, so so say you're walking around your house. Yeah. And on your wall, you see a picture mm-hmm. that might show you a scene of Bristol. So instead of that, you're walking around this world, and on the wall, you see a screen, and that has a puzzle on it for you to solve. Right. And there's loads of these all around the open world. Um, so are you seeing each each screen's giving you, like, one of the puzzles, and each of them so is like a little square of the big grid or something, is that right? Sort of, yeah. yeah. So you have, you've only got one puzzle per screen. Yeah. To yeah, solve, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you've only got this one grid on there. Um, and you have a mechanic within that grid to have to solve. So you can't just um, move your line up and along, you know, up the side of the grid and along the top of the grid to get to the other corner, if that's where the destination is. Right, Because right. you'll have something within the squares of the grid that you have to deal with. I see. Um, and uh, there's yeah, different coloured dots, which you may have to separate um, or put into pairs, things like that. There's um, um, almost a Tetris-type um, shape that will appear within one of the squares, and you, you have to solve how you deal with that shape within the grid to then get to this destination. And the game is just full of these puzzles. There's something like 700 puzzles to solve within this game. Um, I don't know how many I've done. Well, 700. I've definitely not done all <laughs> 700. Um, but you, you progress through this this world, and there's lots of very distinct areas within this world. And within each area, it will introduce a new mechanic to you within the, the grid. So from the starting area, you've got very simple puzzles to solve. You move to the next area, you have a different mechanic that's brought in that you then have to solve differently to the, the previous. Sort of, you know, It's not just splitting colours, you then have to do something else to be able to solve this puzzle. So the next area you go to might combine both of those mechanics to make you have to deal with them both in one puzzle. Um, so, yeah, you can make your way around this world, all these distinct areas, solving all of these puzzles. And when you've completed the main, or when you've, you've gone through a series of these puzzles in one area, um, it releases a laser which then points towards a mountain, which I assume is my final destination. I've not got there yet. Um, I'm still going around the areas trying to open up all of these lasers. Um, but I'm getting some of these puzzles and you know, just looking at them thinking, what the fuck am I meant to be doing here? You, you'll find something and you'll just look at it like, no, I have no idea what this is. I've obviously missed something. Because mm. normally within an area there'll be almost a few tutorial screens. Yeah, so it will show you a very simple puzzle using the mechanic, an intermediate puzzle using the mechanic, and then a difficult puzzle using the mechanic. And normally, if you're stuck on one, you can look at the previous screen and think, well, that's what I had to do to solve it, and go back to it and think, well, actually, yeah, okay, that, that's what I have to do to solve this, and, it's, and suddenly it becomes very apparent what you have to do. There's also environmental puzzles within this, which are shapes that you can just, rather than having to be on a screen and you're drawing, you can just stop in the environment if you see a shape on the ground and you, you 
tap X and playing on PlayStation, tap X and it'll bring up a little cursor and you can then trace a shape within the environment. And there's fucking loads of them around as well. <laughs> but suddenly, I've, I've played this for maybe about a week. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've spent some time on it. I've maybe done, I suppose I've about halfway, I've done maybe 300 odd puzzles. I'm just walking around my house, just thinking, oh, I could trace that. No, 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 wait, this is the real world. I don't, that's not an environmental puzzle in my house. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll be going to bed, and suddenly I'll see a grid just as I'm closing my eyes and think, oh, is that how you solve this? And it's just fucking making yeah. me go completely insane. Just all of these absurd grid puzzles and environmental puzzles. I've got a notebook full of little <laughs> line drawings of how I might do all of these different puzzles. And it's so engrossing. But did you not have that with uh, Call of Duty where you walked down the street before and you sort of glanced up at a window and just thought, oh, I could just chuck a grenade straight in there and it would... Y- yeah, you know but I mean? not in the same sort of... Not in in a really just subconscious sort of way. Just sat there going, you know, trace something with my eyes and think, what am I doing? Why am I tracing the shape with my eyes? That makes no sense. Yeah. Um, yes. And it's Whereas just me walking down the road thinking I could toss a grenade in there. That does make sense. <laughs> I might actually have to do well, that. Well, quite possibly. <laughs> if you lived in Man in the High Castle world... Actually, on a serious note, if I lived in Syria right now, I probably would be worrying about that type of thing. You may be. That's very true. You wouldn't be worrying about grid-based puzzles. I really definitely wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's easy to make um, counterfactuals that aren't possible. But that <laughs> one, I think, is, is, is. is possible. Yeah, it yeah, is. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, this game is so engrossing. Mm. So absurdly engrossing. And it's one of those, I'll be at work and think, right, how... I've, I've encountered a new mechanic. How do I actually work this out? Um, and I've refrained from looking online so far. Well, that would just ruin Because, yeah, it completely. Um, I've managed to get to a, 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 a... I don't If people want to play this game, you sort of want to go into it blind, really, without knowing what any of the puzzles are, but... Um, one of the mechanics which you you notice it as soon as you get to the puzzle because that's what happens is um, is sound. So actually, there's sounds going on in the environment that you have to listen to to be able to solve the puzzle. And that's the one that I really, really struggled with. Some of them I picked up straight away and, and thought, actually, I, I know exactly what I have to do to to be able to do this. But some of them are just so abstract that you have to take the environment as a whole, not just the puzzle that's in front of you. You have to listen to what's happening, sort of. And it, it, it like the game foreshadows it slightly. And when there's sound, actually, you've walked past two speakers that are randomly in the game world. You know, you never encountered just a random speaker just on a, you know, on a stand before. You think, you, you walk past it, and I think, oh, it's strange that there's a speaker there. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you come to these sets of puzzles where you have to listen for things. You're like, oh, well, that's okay. It's, it has shown me what I need to do. And the game will always show you what you need to do. It will always ease you into these puzzles. But it's it just wrapping your fucking... Yeah, completely. It's just trying to wrap your mind around how these puzzles work. So, it's, randomly, when I did my uh, forklift uh, license yes, training yes. at work with the insane man who taught us that this like 20 stone strange strange isn't really the word big cab odd 
big cats. He was he was a, a, in a world of his own, really. Um, this this man, uh, and anyway, he was literally so fat that he spent as much time as possible not standing up throughout the entire day. Yeah, and so like you know, after lunch when we were sat around the table chatting to him as we were eating, he literally spent I think half an hour talking utter nonsense to us, just so that he didn't have to get back up and walk out into the into the warehouse and continue the training. And it really it was getting on my nerves quite a lot. But there was a point where he was t- giving us these lateral thinking uh, scenarios. Mm. It all reminded me of this sort of situation here where you can, you know, <clears throat> you can walk right by the thing that's giving you the clue that you need to solve it. Yeah. Except that in his situations, it wasn't like that where there was a clue and it really was telling you and you could figure it out and there was like some kind of reasoning. It's just if you could only figure out the reasoning. His was just um, his just some story that I've concocted, and I know what the answer is because I concocted the story. And you can't know what it is because if you didn't concoct the story, and there's loads of ways you could get to it, but unless it's, it's like saying, "What number am I thinking of?" You know, seven. No, eight. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't get to eight because you haven't given me like. So, You've got nothing to go on yeah, to. Yeah, he had this one where it was like, um, he said, okay, so you come into a room and um, there's a bed and next to the bed there's like a chest of drawers or something and on the chest of drawers there's an empty fish tank and on the bed there's two fish. What happened? No, wait, wait, wait. Actually, that's not... <laughs> no, no, okay, sorry, sorry. It's this, it's... Yeah, there's, um, yeah, okay, it's, you come into a room, <laughs> uh, and Romeo and Juliet are dead on the bed, and next to it, there's a tank of water. What happened? And you're like, I don't know, maybe they killed themselves or something, and the answer is, no, they're fish, and they jumped out of the water yeah, yeah. and landed on the bed. And, and okay, so he gave us that situation, and he was like, what happened? And, and we obviously, we were like, I don't know what happened, what happened? Well, I think laterally, think about it. And my other one was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand, like, anything could have happened. You've just given this, like, really vague situation. I don't know what you mean. And he was using, it was just this weird control thing that he had going on. Like, well, you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because I'm the instructor and I'm in charge or whatever. And I, I, it really wound me up and I sort of lost it a little bit. And I was like, all right, after he explained it to us, I was like, that's not lateral thinking. There's no logic involved in that. It's just some weird situation that you've thought of and we haven't. Uh, it's just a guessing game, isn't it? And in the dark, just throwing darts randomly in the dark and hoping I hit the bullseye. Obviously, I'm not going to hit the bullseye. And I was like, look, OK, here's a scenario. You come into a room... Um, there's a bed, Romeo and Juliet are dead on the bed, and next to it there's a fish tank, which is like exactly the situation he just gave us. And I was like, and what happened? And he went, well, they're fish, aren't they? I went, no, they're not. <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't know then, what happened? And I went, well, they're both dogs, aren't they? And they drank from the fish tank, but the fish tank's got poisoned water in, doesn't it? That's why they died. <laughs> And he was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, I know it doesn't. I just made it up. It's a random story, but that's exactly what you did. And he was like, no, no, it's different what I did. No, it isn't. You're just trying shit, making stuff up and trying to get us to guess it. So, yeah. Lateral nice. thinking, 
is a thing. Yes. What he was doing isn't a thing. No. It's just Big Kev. If anyone's out there getting a fucking forklift license and they're getting trained by Big Kev, just, I don't know, grin and bear it because it's, it's <laughs> intolerable <laughs> bullshit what you're going to have to put up with, really. Hmm. <sighs> the witness isn't anything like that. Okay, Although good. it is just as frustrating, well, I can imagine. System now, it's good. Catharsis. Dealt with it. It's out there. Until next time, the Big Kev comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hopefully never see Big Kev ever again. He's so fat that he's probably dead now anyway. Oh, and, do you know what? That's, an, that's a tasteless joke. But he told us a tasteless joke on that day. He actually, and this is in a place of work, right? At work. In in work, at work, at, at the work. time. And he said to us, uh, do you want to hear the worst joke ever? And we were like, well, I'm at work, so is it work safe? And he was like, yeah, it's work safe. And like, but is, is it the worst the joke thing. ever and work safe? I don't think it is. And it was, can I say the worst joke ever on, on if a podcast? You, if you wish, yes. Well, we can say what we want, really. <laughs> the joke was... I mean, we're getting an E for this rating anyway already because I've already sworn a couple of times. I've said fuck a couple of times. But anyway, so the joke was, what do you get a disabled, blind, deaf and dumb baby for Christmas? And he said, nothing, because they haven't got anything to live for. Shit. And we just sort of, nobody laughed. Everyone just looked at each other and then looked back at him again. And he was like, hmm, it's funny, isn't it? And I was like, no, no, Big Kev, it's not funny. Oh, I don't know why you just said that, Jack. Like, it was just awful. Yeah, in a place of work, perhaps not. Yeah, on a podcast, maybe maybe not. I don't know whether I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I can always edit it out. <laughs> we could. However, it may I don't think either of us sat there and chuckled to ourselves too much about it, did we? No, so. it may be that all you hear as a listener is, do you want to hear the words joking about which case, you know, you'll just piece it together in your own imagination. Yes. Yes. They will. They will, no doubt. Have you played any games? I played Star Maid again. Ooh, we're back to Star Maid. Back to full circle. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm nothing to live for. So. <laughs> <laughs> just Star Maid again. Just get me for Christmas Star Maid. Because, yeah, I don't know, it's... it's I, I felt the need to be lost in an infinite void of yeah. empty space. I wanted to play a game where the music consisted of... <laughs> so I played Star Maid for me. Nice. It was good. I, I was kind of good, but... Um, I loaded up a random server that someone else had been playing on. Mm. And there's maybe 100 people in the world playing Star Maid. Not very many. Um, for people who may have only just tuned into the Tanktop podcast, what is Star Maid? Mm. Starmaid is um, is uh, oh jeez, what's that game where you like build uh, Minecraft Minecraft yep. in space? Yes, that's what Starmaid is. Um, and it's like it's a sort of game where you go, uh, my spaceship needs shields because I keep getting my ass kicked when I'm fighting people. I'll add some shields to it. Now, what do I need to do? You go to the menu screen and you go, I need a shield computer, and I need shield capacitors, and I need shield generators. It's quite complicated already. Uh, what, what what do I need to do with all these? I need one shield computer, and I need them all to be linked. All the shield capacitors need to be linked to the shield computer. 
and there needs to be a certain ratio between the size of my ship and the amount of shield capacitors that I need and the amount of power that I generate needs to be enough so that and you it's like you really have to be looking at actual maths. So it's well maths, yeah, yeah. It's fucking so maths. Mm. It's incredibly maths. It's great if you like maths. It's great. If you do a physics degree or engineering or something like that, it, it will be no problem for you. But if you don't do anything like that, if you just want to play a game, this is not the game for you. It's, like, <laughs> it's a good game. It's a really good game, but it's a really complicated game. It's, it's um, When I downloaded it anyway, like a year ago, it was um, in a um, like a beta or whatever. Yeah. Like it was a prototype, open source kind of thing where mm-hmm. they were asking for you to make recommendations for how it's changed, and there's all these updates and stuff for it. So, uh, is it a fully released game now? I don't know. I don't know if it is. It isn't really any different from when I played it before. Okay. You might have to download quite a few changes. Mm. But, um, you still have to look up a load of formulas and do all this shit. So yeah. if it is different, that's how they want it to be. I don't know. It's good. I like it. I just got a bit frustrated when... Uh, you. So you can go into creative mode, which I hadn't noticed before, where there's no restrictions on what you can put on your ship. All right. So you can just be like, all right, I'll just have like 500 by 500 by 500 uh, shield capacitors and just chuck on a cube that's like... 50 million times bigger than your spaceship. Yeah. And just be like, right, I've got enough shields now. I'll have, like... And then, you know, you can just, like, just stupidly add crap to your spaceship. Um, and so I did that. And uh, so uh, I suppose it's kind of complicated. I think I talked about this before, but um, there's, like, five or six different gun types you can have. Um, and you can link the computers from those. So you can have, like, say you've got missiles and cannon. And you've got a missile computer and a cannon computer that's like controlling all of the missiles and cannons that you've got. And you can link the cannon computer to your missile computer. If you do that, it means that your missiles are going to have a different property Mm. than they do if they're just missile computers. And if you link the missile computer to the cannon computer, it means your cannon's going to have a different property to what you did. So you've got like a beam, cannon, missile, uh, laser, whatever. There's all these things. And linking each one to other ones changes it so there's like a factor of how many uh gun types there are by how many gun types there are is how many you can have because you can link one to the other anyway so i linked my i knew that if you link your i think it's beam to missile then it means that your missiles lock on and it's really useful for shooting things that are moving because you can just you know it locks in and whatever. Mm-hmm. it's the only way you can lock in yeah yeah link this beam to your missile and uh, I did that, but for some reason I was getting power failure whenever I, if, if a missile on its own, fine, cannon on its own, fine, cannon with missile linked, fine, but missile with cannon linked, power failure. And I was like, well, why is that just irritating? I don't know why. Obviously buried deep in some formula, something had gone wrong and all my power was draining when I did it. And then I couldn't unlink and that's obviously a bug. Because you are supposed to be able to unlink. Yeah. I mean, there's some formula something that meant that I was doing something wrong, but I should have been able to unlink, and I couldn't unlink. So I had to jettison that plane, die, and reboot and start again, make a new ship and start all over again. And then I made the mistake of thinking, well, maybe the bug was just a one-off bug. Made the ship, linked the things, didn't work again. And then I had to jettison the whole thing <laughs> and start again. 
and after a couple of like I don't know an hour, two hours maybe of fanning around, several hard resets. I was like, okay, just the fact that it's in the background, I've got over that now. I wanted to have a good chip by this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring into combat, kill some pirates, do some shit. So it is a good game, and I probably could get into it, but I think it needs to be simplified a little bit. Mm. And I'm, you know, I like a complicated game. I just don't want it that complicated. Yeah, yeah. I have seen um, people creating absolutely absurd ships, you know, like replicas of like the Enterprise or mm-hmm. Imperial Star Destroyers and things. Yeah. I assume that's done within this create mode rather than people Maybe. actually going out and mining and getting all of the materials and everything they need and working out all of the formula to actually power these ships. The thing is, you can um, take out... So there's AI pirate stations that randomly spring up. And I think what they do is borrow uh, human-made designs. This is us opening and last bit. Last bit. To randomly spawn in somebody's, you know, 100-hour space station design. Yeah. Uh, and just make it a pirate station that's AI. And if your ship is good enough to take that out, the rewards from it are phenomenal and you can gain so much crap out of it. Yeah. That I don't know whether it was... It may be creative mode where they've just done that, but I, I got to the point without even realising there was creative mode of being able to sort of buy anything I could think of. Yeah, anyway. so Okay. It's just that then the server that me and Adil had didn't work anymore. I don't know why, maybe. Because Adil never got around to playing it. This is a big bugbear that I have with Adil and StarMaid. I am waiting for the video series Alex and Adil's Adventures in Space. Which is going to be Alex's Adventures in Space, because Adil was too busy playing that um, Mafia game. Omerta. Yeah. And... uh, well, it comes to, oh, you want to finish Omerta, then we'll play StarMaid. And then months went by, and I got bored of StarMaid, and he still hasn't finished bloody Omerta. So <laughs> it's Alex's Adventures in Space and Adil's Adventures in 1950s. <laughs> Man, Alex's absurdly <laughs> frustrating Adventures in Space. <laughs> anyway, so we've got an Otley 10 Oxymoron Black IPA. It smells stouty. It does. It looks stouty. It looks mm. fucking stouty. It's as stout as a stout thing. Stout as a stout. <laughs> stout as a stout. Yes. Same letters. <laughs> mm. Okay. That's a bit of a different taste. Doesn't taste like a... It kind of tastes like a stout. I'm not... Where's the but idea? Not, yeah, but not... Quite a stout, a little lighter. It doesn't have that. There's not much of an aftertaste to it, is there? It's a very sort of initial hit, and then not very much afterwards, really. There's, if there's anything, is in it a kind of, kind of coffee, sort of the the lingering, very late aftertaste is sort of coffee. Yeah, yeah, slightly, but not really light though, isn't it? Quite really light. There's no bitterness, or like it doesn't hit you at the end. No, not at all. It's really. Hmm. 
That's an odd one. Yeah, that's... We've had, um, I think it was called a Motley Brew from these guys before. And that was a really nice bit, really hoppy IPA. Um, because this is just a bit... Mm, meh. Yeah, this tastes like, um, I don't know why this is an I I don't know how it's classed as a black IPA. That's not hoppy at all, is it? <clears throat> no. It's not. It tastes like a porter. The aftertaste is like Slightly, porter. Slightly, yeah. You've got a slight sweetness. But it's just really light. It's just, it just, I, I don't want to say watery. But it kind of, it, it's just so subtle. Hmm. This just doesn't feel like there's a huge amount to it. If if you just poured that out for me and said what what style what genre of beer is that, there's no way in hell I'd have gone for IPA mm. at all. That's just a stout. Yeah, or and, port, and, and like you say, it does have a little bit more of a port to it than even a stout. I mean, if it was a stout, you'd, you'd expect a little bit more more mouthfeel. Yeah, it? yeah, maybe. Hmm, that's an odd beer. I'd be very surprised if it um, if it beat the. Uh, I mean, right now I'm thinking that the brown ale is probably the better one. Yeah, three. Yeah, I agree at the moment. Mm. Mm. Unless this dramatically changes in the second half of the glass yeah. somehow. Could do. Or maybe it's the brown ale is in influencing our taste of this, but I don't think it is. So um. My Xbox the other day um, mm-hmm. decided that it doesn't want to open the disc tray anymore. Three, your 360? Yeah. Yeah. So that really has, I think. So, and annoyingly, I randomly decided, oh, I'll play a bit of Black Ops for a bit. Got bored of it. Opened the disc tray. Took Black Ops out. Closed the disc tray. Well, didn't reason. put anything else in. Didn't put oh. anything in. <laughs> Went and reached for FIFA. Tried to open this tray and it wouldn't open. Um, I was gonna say, what game are you stuck yeah, playing? Exactly, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's useless. It's just a box. It's not an Xbox. It's just a box. I own a box now. Do you not have any downloaded games, games on the hard drive uh, that you can? My, you know, mine's so old that you can't download a game <laughs> these days. Really, I can I, even the content like that goes along with a disc. I can't have more than one of them. Oh, yeah, you had the like arcade version or something. Yeah, didn't you? it's like really three kilobytes of hard drive space. Is why I have like you know, a Morse code or whatever <laughs> signal. Is. So yeah, it's it's terrible. So that's it. It's dead. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm like playing chess at my house now. So. Yeah, yeah. Something the Star Made. Yeah, Star Made essentially. Um, it's not it's not that bad. I mean, I have the resources of the of the internet. Mm. Um, my browser based games yeah but my my laptop is better than the Xbox quite considerably it's just that it's not made for playing games and I don't have enough money to buy a console so Mm. I'm I'm out of the games market for a bit yeah well I mean I'm not I'm just I mean find yourself some um, sort of very cheap in sale Steam games as Mm. long as they're Mac compatible yeah I suppose well, yeah, you or, just you go back to, or you go back to Civilization 4 or something. Yeah, well, the problem with Civilization 4 on the Mac was that, because I couldn't be bothered to, um, to, I mean, unless someone wants to explain to me in an easy way how to run 
Windows on my Mac that doesn't involve like potentially losing all of the data on my Mac, which seems to me the only ways to do it previously. Isn't there a program called something like Parallels or something, which allows you Maybe to partition off part of the drive as a Windows OS? It always seemed to me very quite confusing and complicated. How yeah, yeah. I've never had a Mac, so I don't know. The problem is that with uh, Civ Four, mm-hmm. the the good um, uh, mod, the good mod for Civ Four was the Rise and Fall Civilizations mod. Yeah, not available on Mac. He never made a Mac version of it. The guy who made that mod, and really, once you've played that again, it's like having the heroin hit and thinking, "Well, so I'm gonna like sit and watch The Wire, and now I have to watch." fucking X Factor really <laughs> it's like it's re- it's so like uh, makes it so much better thinking well this is like historically accurate because like in a little while you know America is going to pop up and all of my colonies are going to like switch or whatever and it, whereas otherwise you're doing it in, or like the um, if you expand your civilization too quickly there's this stability rating yeah and uh, it really fucks you if you don't like pay attention to that. Whereas if you're just playing normal, no stability rating, so that means that you can just like plow. Through. So I've done it before, where I've been um, like anyone who's played uh, any civilization game has at one point been Germany and kept spawning until Germany started on Germany and you know, somewhere roughly yeah, in central yeah. Europe, and then thought. I'm going to keep fucking playing this until I get to the point where it's a roughly 20th century and I've got panzers and I'm going to see if I can do it. <laughs> and then just take over the whole of Europe and fucking plow fucking straight into Russia. And see, so I've done it before where, and I've done it. And then you just keep going. And it's like, Jesus, Russia is massive. There's so many cities here. It's just keeping on going. But without the stability factor, just it just seems really like... Okay, I'm just like fine. And just quite just easy. Over these yeah, cities, yeah. And they're cool with it. You know, mm. it's it's fine. Whereas with the stability thing, it's like you can't really do that. You have to play within somehow within the bounds of like realism. It's yeah, not yeah. very realistic, but like it made it so much better. And I couldn't like take that away and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, so yeah, Civ Four is done really with me. with Endless Legend, which was uh, another world expanding world building sort of game um, you had if you took over another uh, took over an enemy city they would be uh, I think it was the same in Civ 5 they would be angry for X number of turns yeah and that would limit the amount of things that you could or it would mean that production was four times the took four times as long to actually build yeah. anything or make it and that's the same in normal Civ 4 yeah yeah and that seems, it seems all right, but it's just sort of almost, okay, now we're all right with it. Yeah. And then there's suddenly enough, like, enough okay. time has passed. Yeah. It's fine. Our we're new overlords, cool uh, they're, they're all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends because, I mean, it's one way of looking at it, which is like, you know, especially early on in the game, you click next turn and like a thousand years goes past or like a hundred years goes past or something. Admittedly, when you get towards... 20th century, it's like one year goes past. Mm, mm. But still, 10 years goes past, and um, a region would more or less accept the idea that it's now 
under your control. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, what was good about this game was it made you play within some kind of boundaries. Where, mm-hmm. like, so, for instance, when you were in England, um, there was, you had, I think the victory conditions was, like, you had to have three cities in every continent by, by 1800 or something. You had to be the first to enter the Industrial Revolution, and you had to be the first to enter the Information Revolution or something. And it meant that, like, those conditions didn't really apply for ages at the beginning. And all through the, like, you know, Bronze Age and shit, and nothing applied to you. But because you knew you had to be, you had to be very, very early on with, like, having uh, boats that could carry settlers so that you could um, make three uh, fucking... Cities. Asian cities or something. Mm. You have to be like found, like coming right into India before anyone else gets there. Or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. And South America and South uh, Africa, whatever. You had to like you knew Australia. You basically have to do what they actually did to some mm-hmm. extent. I love that. It was great. It sets you some goals, though, doesn't it? It sets you yeah. a little bit of direction for the game as well. Yeah, a long term goal. Mm. Like, and and there were. Know, 20 different civilizations or something and each of them had their own historically themed yeah. um, victory conditions so it was yeah I think that's what Civ so 5 sort of dropped yeah you didn't have that with Civ 5 you, it was a bit more sandboxy and you could sort of just go about things as you wanted to mm. really um, yeah Civ 5 was a disappointment in, in a lot of ways I think it didn't quite do enough, did it, from the from the from Civ Four, really? To yeah, I found it weird that they dropped religion for one thing. Like it was in there, but it was so like in the background, and we don't need to pay attention to it. Yeah, I'm not sure whether they whether they brought it back with any of the expansions that they bought out, um, or no, even there was one that had religion in, um, but it was still like less important than previously yeah yeah I think with um, I can't remember what it's called now with the newest civilization game the one where it's on um, different planets yeah um, and uh, what the fuck is that called anyway again they didn't with the base game didn't bring a huge amount no. over with it it was a very simple I was really disappointed yeah, with that. yeah. really simple sort of it was like a game skin just it completely it was it was just a skin it, was, it almost felt like a skin for Civilization 5 um, but I did buy a Humble Bundle set I can't remember whether it was Sid Meier's set or a, a, a 2k publisher set or a Fire Axis developer set or whatever it was um, but I've got I've now got Civ 4 and all of the expansions Civ 5 which I had anyway but I've now got all of the expansions Um Oh, Beyond Earth, I think is what the... Beyond the, Earth, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what the thing was called. So you've got Civ 4 on the PC? Yes. Get the Rise and Fall expansion mod. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because it, it won't be in one of those official expansion mods, yeah. but it'll be a mod, and I just... It's like my favourite game of all time, I think. Get it? It's like heroin. Yeah. It's like, you. well, you've got... Access to a heroin dealer. <laughs> Get some fucking heroin dealer. I'll come down and hear a noise in the yeah. night and walk down like, Alex, what, why are you on my computer? It's fine, it's fine. Just leave me alone. Why have you got my 
uh, belt wrapped around your arm. Why are you wearing my dress? No, nothing, again? no reason. It's fine, <laughs> fuck off. Nice. Why are you sinking into the floor with Lou Reed playing? <laughs> no reason, it's fine, don't worry. It's fine, Lou Reed will go soon, don't worry about it. He's only here for tonight. I'll be rushed to hospital soon, have my stomach pumped, it'll be fine. The scene will end very soon. Right, so, should we finish for the week? Yeah. Beers. Definitely Arbor. Arbor. Mm. The Oatly. This, I've this, forgotten what the first beer we had. Uh, the Saison. Oh, the the Saison, Apple. Yeah. Brown Apple tasted like Saison. a Saison. Yeah, the Beaver Town. Yeah, it wasn't a huge amount to it. It had a bit of sweetness, a, a bit of sour. It was the second beer, I would say. It, it goes Arbor, Beaver Town, and then Oatly. Mm. In actually al- alphabetical order. Yes. I hadn't thought of that. But yes, it does. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> nice. Um, so, we have been tagged up for another week. We are tagged up. Yeah, very tagged up, actually. Possibly for a week. I think it was those few beers before as well. Um, you can get us on Twitter at tagtab underscore cast. Um, I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch, I believe. The Omniarch. Yes. G-G-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H. Very good. Um, <laughs> Alex, still not on Twitter? Still... N O T O N T A W I T T E R. Very good. Yes. I if that's taken, probably is. It probably is. Um, yeah. Act not on Twitter. Actually, send all your messages to at not on Twitter. At hashtag not on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hashtag at not on Twitter. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, just anyway. to see who it is, just to see what happens. Let's see what happens. Actually, send them all to at Ed Balls. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> I doubt he'll come back to you. No, he won't. What is he doing these days? Who knows? Fuck knows. But if you do have game-related questions, you could probably go to um, Deputy Labour Leader Tom Watson. He likes playing games, does he? He, I think it was uh, for New Statesman. He wrote a load of um, articles about computer games for them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? So, this sounds like um, maybe the subject of a new podcast. It, it what maybe um, Destiny, which is a shooty-shooty kind of game. Um, okay. Not I think that was the only one I read. Not Star Made. No Civilization, I don't think. Uh, but yeah. Or um, Super Hexagon, just to get it in there. <laughs> he loves Super Hexagon. He hasn't written about it. He's never mentioned it. Hashtag fucking Super really loves it. <laughs> Let's start that. Hashtag Super Hexagon. Just, and then say anything. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter what. <laughs> Just thanks, Terry. Thanks. Right, take thanks it easy, guys. Thanks, Ed Balls. Thanks, Ed Balls. Nice, nice. Yes. End this. Goodbye. End this. <laughs>